What's up, everybody? And welcome to the 100th episode of Guys Talking Sports. And this week, we're going to talk about the parade for the Philadelphia Eagles. We're going to discuss Lonzo, LeVar Ball, and LeVar's big mouth, and other things that are going on in the NBA, and the craziness that the NBA trade deadline occurred last Thursday with the Cleveland Cavaliers. So stay tuned to a great episode of Guys Talking Sports. What's up, everybody, and would like to welcome you to another episode of Guys Talking Sports. When you know it, man, we did this for a hundred times today. Can you believe it? A hundred episodes, man. Where does time go? I don't even think I was wearing glasses when we first started doing this stuff, man. And now look at me, all grayed out, wearing glasses. Hundred episodes later, so fellas, what's going on? It's it's time to celebrate. Yeah, I have nothing. I have, I have no liquid refreshments to uh to celebrate with. H two O. Few episodes, few episodes I had wine. One that has some tequila. Another <laughs> oh, stuff. Nice. <laughs> well, for me to stay up tonight, uh, I'm doing a little bit different. I got Pepsi, so um, cheap plug. <laughs> so, oh, shout out to Pepsi <laughs> with the retro uh, label. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, so that's good. That's good, fellas. Uh, it's been a it's been a week. Uh, a lot has happened since. I believe that the Eagles done had their uh, their parade to celebrate their winning of the Super Bowl. They're still uh, celebrating. Oh wow! Okay. All right. Well, I, I heard police was non-existent during that whole thing. Uh, <laughs> uh, from my understanding, I had a. A few folks that I knew that was actually there and said you could have got away with murder during the uh, during the parade just because even the police were celebrating that were working. So, <laughs> but for the most part, outside of a few uh, fights that I saw online, it seemed to be a successful event, uh, and I'm happy for the fans of Philly to to finally enjoy uh, such a celebration, and hopefully they know how to act next time when they get there. <laughs> I doubt that. <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. I extremely doubt that. I mean, even though I wasn't there, I know I, I lived in Philly a couple of years, so I can vouch for the, the how can I put this, the diehard fans going crazy if there was another championship won in the city of Philadelphia. So I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> Yeah, I think I, I think they'll have to uh, relocate back to North Jersey if they want a second one, just just, just to get away. Just, you don't have to relocate; just take a long vacation. <laughs> oh man! Oh, that's what's up. So, fellas, let's switch gears and touch on the NBA. And before we talk on the the trade deadline and the madness that that went on. Let's 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 talk about uh, Mr. Ball and his uh, his comments uh, concerning you know his two sons and what the Lakers should be doing to ensure you know that the, the Ball brothers play a nice long lengthy career in L.A. So it's 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 having you know he said that you don't have to worry about drafting them you know. Uh, 
Lavar, I believe it's Lavar. Is that the son's name? I keep I keep messing all those L's. Lavar is the dad. Lonzo, sorry, Lonzo. Lavar said Lonzo could take a pay cut, you know, to ensure that the brothers could come in because they're, you know, they're not worried about the money. That's just chump change. Um, don't have to worry about the draft. You just pick them up in free agency, you know, and bring them on in. So, fellas, what's your take on that? I'll let you go first, Al. Get it out of your system. <laughs> you would let me go first. Being the average, the, the avid LeVar Ball thing that I am. <laughs> ah. <laughs> Funny. No, um, this whole thing with LeVar Ball, I, I, it's, it's very common. Hello, babe. It's very common. Hello, babe. <laughs> 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 this is very comical. No, but seriously, no. No, um, all jokes aside, I think the whole thing with LeVar is just, he's just doing, he, I don't even know what to say at this point. I mean, why I keep sticking the microphone in this guy's face, I don't know. Um, this whole talk about if the Lakers don't sign his other three bro- son, I mean, his other two sons, then um, all three of them will go someplace else and play for another team. I just hope that he – I hope he understands that the only team that would probably take all three of them would be Lithuania because I don't see any NBA team at this point trying to sign all three um, brothers and thinking that they're going to deal with this whole fiasco, which is LeVar Ball. Like, your best bet is to play overseas, if that's the case. If you're banking that any team would take all three of the Ball brothers – and think that they would be successful and having you there that you're going to completely just not say a word now that all three sons play in the NBA. You think that management is going to just let that slide, knowing how much you've been talking for the first couple of years with your son. I don't think that no NBA team would even consider that. So if you really believe that Lonzo Ball is not going to be at a position, to, to be honest, Lonzo Ball should really just – tell his father that he needs to just let him handle himself. LeVar Ball is speaking too much for anybody to take seriously. And to be honest, no team is going to take this seriously. Or should they take this seriously? And you're really going to talk your son Lonzo into not playing in the NBA league, period. The way you keep talking. And it's unfortunate because Lonzo's not doing anything but just doing his job. And to be honest, he's doing what the Lakers want him to do. That's all they can ask for him is just play his game. And he's not speaking to the media. If he doesn't nip this in the bud soon, I know that it's his father. He could easily just say, you know, that's my father. He does his thing. I do my thing. If he don't separate himself from LeVar, it's going to be a bigger issue going forward. That's all I can say about that. Hmm. Well, I kind of echo your sentiments exactly. I was, uh, you know, he's not doing this. He's not doing his son any, any kind of service in this particular situation. And clearly he is ignorant of the NBA contracts and how they are set up because the, you know, the Lakers own the rights to you. And if you're going to buck, like you're not going to resign, guess what they're going to do? They're going to trade you. Guess what you don't have? A no trade clause. Guess what you might go? Atlanta Hawks. <laughs> where you might go, Denver Knights. Where you might go, 
Utah, well, no, Utah might be actually a gift, gift for them. But you might go to some place where you might be an NBA purgatory for the next couple of years, and nobody will even touch you. And like you said, the only place I can see all three of them playing is, Lith- is over in Lithuania or whatever European, you know, country was having. And not that many European countries want to have them, period. So I think for the Lakers, you're right, you hope that the son Lonzo can, you know, speak some sense into his dad and tell him to kind of calm down on the comments. I mean, if the Lakers are trying to attract any kind of, you know, big-time free agents, which, you know, they're literally clearing the decks to go after two, not one, but two max contract guys in the offseason. I mean, if you even remotely thinking about trying to entice, let's say, LeBron James or, you know, you know, or, or George or George Paul, anybody out there. I mean, it's going to be tough with that kind of, you know, you know, talk going on out there. So I don't think he has it in him, but he definitely needs to tell his uh, dad to kind of keep it quiet because he's jeopardizing his career in the long run. But what's crazy about, what's crazy about it is, is just, you know, He's been was was crazy is because he's been kept quiet since being in Lithuania. It's you know he hasn't really said much because his focus is on the other two sons. I mean, like, so I really don't understand. It's not like you know I really don't understand. Like, it's not like he's been continuing continuously saying stuff every month. He's been away dealing with overseas. So. Why is every quote still coming out of his mouth being relevant in the NBA? Like, the stuff that he's saying right now is just, I, I just don't see it newsworthy to me. And that's just, you know, but maybe that's how I am. And to be honest, there are probably some fans out there in California that's, you know, is all for this. You know, no matter what LeVar says, they, they'll eat, you know, they want to hear every word, but. I just don't find what he says even relevant when it deals with the NBA. So, well, I agree. I, you know, I, I, I echo both of you. Um, unfortunately, uh, Lavar is going to keep opening his mouth. Like he said, uh, the media keeps putting something in front of his face. He keeps opening his mouth, and eventually, his foot is going to end up in his own mouth. And all of his tactics and everything that he says that he's claiming going to do and it's going to make them some sort of profit or L.A. profit, turn around and have his sons playing for the Clippers and not the Lakers. So, um, Clippers might even be too good of a spot, landing spot for him. <laughs> um, they could banish them to Orlando, like you said. They kind of they kind of stink right now. And <laughs> But uh, who knows? You know, maybe they might start a uh, – maybe Le- uh, Le- LeVar might try to start his own expansion uh, team and <laughs> put one in his backyard in El, El Chino, California, or wherever the heck he is, and and start start his own team. And hopefully he can have all his boys playing together and they can try to strive to win an NBA championship. Who knows? Well, what happened to that? Because he was supposed to do that with the um, high school um, thing. Um, I, I think what he's going to do, he's going to just try to dream, bring all of them to that squad, of Lithuania. Why, yeah. why try to, why try to start something when you pretty much have what you want right there? And because of who he is, 
the ESPNs, the Fox Sports, the whomever that want to see what he's doing is going to see that the talent is there, and the NBA scouts are going to have no choice to look at it. Yeah, but that is true because they even got they even had that dude coaching the, one of the Lithuania games, so he's definitely growing a fan base there. So mm-hmm. we'll, we, he could probably benefit from just staying over there and do more work that way. Um, it looks like Lithuania is welcome, welcome, welcome both. I mean, the ball family with open arms. So. Well, I mean, he could do all that he wants, man. But I mean, any reputable college, you know, college kid will probably choose playing over in the in, in the G League and then want to go over there and mess with him. I think he's just, you know, it's just it's just him all day, all the time. So it's like, I mean. Even if I didn't make him to the NBA, you know, I would try to get to the development league. I wouldn't want to have anything to do with whatever he got going over in Lithuania. But that's just me. <laughs> no, I agree. But, but if the NBA makes it so that, you know, they won't lift the one and dones, and this is an opportunity for players to kind of make a paycheck, kind of wonder where you know, big baller brand to get a tire and get a small little something and can still get established by or get seen by scouts. And what's the stopping? True. But on that note, I do think that one and done policy, I think, will will get adjusted the next CBA that comes up. I think they're going to push it to two. Me personally, I think they should push it to two. I mean, but that's just my opinion. I think that they should at least do two years. Um, but yeah, I agree. If they do push it to two years, I do see more people leave. I see more high schoolers going overseas to play or just skipping college altogether to play in the GD. Um, so they, 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 the college, um, NCAA is in a tough spot, to be honest with you. Um, because if they do push it that way, um, more players is going to be like, why would I go to your school for two years when I could just play overseas and get paid for one, then come back to the NBA? Um, Ter- Terrence Ferguson from OKC is a living example of that. He went overseas to play for a year, then came back. And now he's playing in OKC. So. Can, you, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Yep, I can hear you. Um... Yeah, um, I, I still think that the uh, you can see the, the parity of college basketball right now for real, just based off of how the talent pool is so diluted with uh, with the one and dones. Even the the five freshmen that came in playing for Kentucky, you know, they're still claiming their lottery picks, but they're not that good. <laughs> Well, I guess it's just the name alone. I, I think it's, you know, I guess we kind of did get a little off topic, but, uh, you know, I guess it would behoove everybody, you know, NBA and NCAAs together to kind of try to rein that in as much as possible. I mean, you're sending a better crop of talent over to the NBA as opposed to now your college will, you know, will look a little bit better and you have a little bit more consistency with the team instead of every year having five freshmen and then they're, then they're gone, then, you know, yeah, we try to reload five, five more again. Yeah, well, I'm curious to see what Duke is going to do with this highly related, highly uh, recruited class they got coming in with a, a bunch of one and dunners. 
Um, I mean, even Bagley, who they have now, I mean, looks the part, but still isn't that consistent, in my opinion. And there's nobody out there really this particular season that's really just is a surefire pick to be like uh, a trailblazer in the NBA like, the, like in seasons past. And that's why there's talk right now about um, the number one pick, depending on which team get it. Um, they're looking for some people, um, one of the players in the international um, to be maybe be drafted first overall. Um, so you're right, Ace. I do think that there's not a lot of really good, I mean, not really a player that will set the standard being a number one pick. I think right now it's just this draft is too loaded with quality good players. Um, not that one player that will put a team over the top, but uh, a bunch of quality good players. Right, right, right. All right. Well, keeping on the NBA, NBA tip, uh, we had a flurry of uh, trade deadline type of acquisitions that took place late last week that really shook up the NBA. And, you know, uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers went, pretty much threw their, their cards down on the table and pushed all their chips in the middle of the table and said, you know what, we're going all in. I can't say that I've ever seen a team quite transform themselves in a way that they have and they say about a, a very small tight window, considering they were talking about, you know, this the, the Brooklyn Nets pick and, uh, you know, trading their number one pick. And it really kind of threw me for for a loss, or not for a loss, but for a loop, with the initial trade that they did with L.A. when they pulled off uh, Clarkson and Nance, and they gave up it, um, Channing it, Channing Fry, mm -hmm. and their first round pick. I was like, oh snap! Cleveland came off the Brooklyn Nets first round pick, and then it was like, nah. They came off with their own first round pick, which is a very low first first round draft pick. And I was like, oh, these smart SOBs. And everybody talked about how LA and different teams kind of pulled off a better a better haul than the Lakers. And I'm like, I'm sorry, not the Lakers, than uh than Cleveland. And I was like, well, I, I don't know about that. <laughs> Just because of the youth that they got back, and they still are able to hold on to that uh, that Brooklyn Nets uh, first round pick, which was key for Cleveland in the event that LeBron leaves. So I thought, I thought considering the situation, Cleveland really came out and did what they needed to do to at least keep LeBron happy for the next couple of months. I think all these trades were just just for that specific reason to try to make him happy for the next couple of months, bring in some young talent, try to entice him to kind of stay. I mean, you still have Kevin Love. Whenever he gets back into the mix, which wants to be, I think, for another month or so. So hopefully they're looking for that team to gel and kind of make a push. But yeah, I mean, they keep the Brooklyn S pick before insurance because I don't think they believe that LeBron James is going to stick around after this year. I mean, if they did, they could have tried to probably make a better player, better deal with, with that Brooklyn pick, but they gave up theirs, which is not going to be that high. So. But I mean, for them, they got younger, they got some talent. I mean, everybody was, you know, you know, jumping up and down when they played Boston and blew them out, but it was one game. I mean, you kind of have to see how it goes over the next couple of weeks. I mean, they have 
all-star break this weekend. And then after that, it's going to be the stretch run until, um, to the springtime. So I guess you're going to really see how they play over the next couple of weeks. I'm going to be like, I'll be tempered to see what they do, but the Lakers, all that was, all that was, uh, was just moved to free up cap space. And unfortunately, Isaiah Thomas is probably not going to be on that team, you know, by the end of that season if they don't buy him out. But I don't think they are because at first he talked about he's not coming off the bench. And then now he's saying that, oh, I'm a play, but I don't know. I mean, for the Cavaliers, they got young talent. They kept their pick, insurance that LeBron doesn't stay. Lakers, they free up cap space. A win-win for everybody in the long run. Yeah, um, I thought, I thought both Cleveland and the Lakers did an awesome job. Um, and we was talking about this way before then, that Cleveland had to make some type of move. Otherwise, I thought that they was not going to get out of the first round. I, the way that they was playing, I thought they was not even going to get I, – I was really suspect of them making the playoffs. Um, that was just my opinion, but I was really suspect because the way that they was playing before the trade, it didn't show me nothing, no, no, nothing. I thought that it was going to be impossible for them to make a move like they did. And then seeing what they did and made the move that they did to get – um, to get Jordan Clarkson, George Hill, Rodney Hood, Larry Nance Jr., to get all these young pieces, I thought was a phenomenal job by the GM. I thought that Cleveland did what they were supposed to do. At this point, it should be, you know, we'll, it, it does two things. It has a win-now mentality for LeBron James, which is a good thing because now you LeBron James has a team that is – not only younger, but more athletic. And also it helps prepare them for the future because if LeBron James does go, they have that Brooklyn Nets pick and they could just, to be honest, they don't, they're not completely rebuilding because they'll have a talented squad, even if LeBron James go, because they still have Kevin Love and Jordan Clarkson and a bunch of guys that are still going to be there. So, I, to be honest, I thought this Cleveland Cavs did a – the GM did a great job. Like, that was probably one of the best um, dealings that I've seen in a long time for him to get to that point. Now, I will agree with you, um, Earl, on just pump the brakes, you know, before everybody keeps, you know, saying that, oh, you know, the Cavs is going to make it to the NBA Finals. Just pump the brakes because it's the first – it's only another couple of games. They only have 28 games to gel together before the playoffs start. And then we will see how everything is when the playoffs starts. So what they got King James. If the team chemistry is not there, it's going to cause problems. And to be honest, I don't even I, – I got them in the playoffs. I could see them in the Eastern Conference Finals. I could see them actually going into the NBA Finals. But I don't have them written in stone that they will make it in the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, I still have Toronto. Um, I think – it's the, to be honest, Toronto and Cleveland are in the same boat. Toronto has to prove themselves that they could play the same way that they're playing in the regular season in the playoffs. And Cleveland, on the other hand, has a bunch of young talent that has to be proven in the playoffs. So I think they're both in the same boat at this point. Um, but we'll see how that goes off. I still say, you know, hold off on Cleveland. Um, everybody's talking about they will win it. I don't see I really don't see that yet. You just give it a little bit more time. I'll say another couple of weeks before we can actually say, okay, this is legit. 
Um, but I thought outside of that, I think Cleveland and L.A. made out like bandits in the trade. L.A. definitely is preparing for next year. And plus they got a, a good score in Isaiah Thomas. So they could keep the momentum going while having Isaiah Thomas as a prime time scorer, even if he does come off the bench or start. So I think it was a win-win for both of them. Um, outside of that, you know, I really don't see any other changes that, you know, trades that made moves for any other teams at this point. You think I'll, LA is going to keep IT after this season? I, to be honest, I will say this. IT should look at other options, but he's not going to get the same money that he was getting, you know, he was looking for, that's for sure. There's going to be a significant drop for that. Yeah, I think if they're looking for, you know, to really build around some high, you know, high max player talent, you know, I don't see Isaiah Thomas fitting in that in in that plan moving forward, especially if they're trying to go after um, you know, King James. That's he won't be there, or I think he probably wouldn't want to be there. Yeah. Well, it's already well Broussard came out today and said somebody in IT's camp said that he don't like LeBron because he felt as though he was being talked down to. Um, I thought that was Jake Crowder. Nah, that was I just, I just heard that from Broussard about IT. So Crowder felt the same way too. Crowder felt the same way too, and, and yep, Probably. he said the same exact thing. Mm. Uh, to be honest, I could see it. I mean, that, I mean, you 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 can't tell me you couldn't see that. I mean, let's just be honest. When you are the self-proclaimed clean, best player in the world, you, you, that's going to be your M.O. Like you're, I mean, he's, po- he's, he's acting his inner Kobe. <laughs> well, I mean, but not only that, like, he's really the king of Cleveland. Like, you you wasn't thinking, I don't know what made you, if, if, if you thought that you was going to come in and basically take over the Cleveland Cavaliers with LeBron still there. That you was just fooling yourself, right? You was yeah. fooling yourself, and that's one of the reasons why Kyrie left. Because yeah, Kyrie man. knew for a fact that he wasn't going to be, he was going to really take over the the team as long as LeBron was there. Yeah, I agree, and I, I mean, you look at it now. I mean, you, you see where as you know, it and Jay Crowder came from Boston, where it's a bit more of a, I'm going to say, a diplomatic kind of team where there wasn't like that ridiculous alpha male like, you know, LeBron James, and you come to a team where everybody had a voice, you go to a team where there's one voice, and it was his. Just like with Kobe in L.A., it was one voice. It was Kobe. So, mm-hmm. you know, that rubbed him the wrong way, like you said. That, I believe, rubbed Kyrie the wrong way when he was the man there, and then he had to sit there and take a back seat and get talked down to somebody that left. And he was trying to, you know, bring the, you know that squad up. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, you, 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 if you can play with LeBron outside of Dwayne Wade, which I don't think he ever talked down to Dwayne Wade before, but I mean, um, you go to that team, you know where the pecking order starts. It's him, you know, slash coach, slash GM, or <laughs> whatever you want to call him, but it's his team. And if he leaves, he's going to go to someplace else, and it's going to be the same scenario wherever he goes. But and not only that, he's with Cleveland. He was gonna even if he leaves, it's still gonna be LeBron James' team. Like he's done enough. Where if he goes to any other team, no matter who's on that team following next season, even if he leaves, 
whoever the star is, is still going to be compared to LeBron. Just like how Kyrie was. He can, like, LeBron could leave, and if Kyrie stayed in Cleveland, he's still going to be compared to LeBron. So it's a difficult situation with that. That's true. That is true. Uh, like you guys said, uh, it will be interesting to see moving forward. I am curious. Uh, I mean, just looking at the score for right now, looks like Oklahoma City came back a little bit, so they're only down two. But um, curious to see how the, the Cavaliers will react with a little bit of adversity, being that they're being played tough. In the fourth quarter, see how they uh, how they gel and react to a bit of a challenge. But I tell you, the the, the trade deadline made for a very interesting Thursday, in my opinion, because I didn't get much work done <laughs> that afternoon. <laughs> yeah. So I was I was kind of glued to Twitter. <laughs> I ain't gonna front. I, I too didn't get a lot of work done on Thursday. <laughs> I got work done. I was just, I was waiting on you. I, I mean, Ace to kind of send, send me the updates. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, somebody was getting something done. <laughs> I was sitting there like, this was me at work. I was like, <laughs> I look around, keep right back in my ball. Yeah, There's so, a refresh button. <laughs> right. But, but I would like to say this. I would, I would like to say that the Cavs, um, you know, definitely, uh, they're doing, doing Wade a, a favor by sending him back to Miami. So now he can go to the, to where he's the man. <laughs> Still is, even though he's not the same person that he was, and uh, he can um, retire gracefully and get his number, you know, his jersey hung up to the Raptors. I think it's going to re- happen regardless, but he can end his career, you know, in a Miami Heat uniform, not just come back for one game, but end the season with it. I know Mrs. Wade is happy. <laughs> Definitely was. <laughs> how many how many more seasons do you think uh, Wade got left in him? How old is Wade now? 30, 36? Yeah. Somewhere around there, yeah. Yeah. I think he probably has maybe at, at, at best, well, depending on how many years he has left or how many years he has competing at a pretty high level. You still think he competes at a high level? Well, relative to some other people, but no. So then based off of that, how many years do you think he got left? To be a contributor to a team, I mean, he was still contributing to the Cavaliers team at the second bench. So I think if I look at it from that aspect, at best, another full season, maybe maybe can squeak out too, but I say probably another full season. Yeah, I mean, that sounds, that sounds accurate. I mean, you look at cats like Vince Carter and Dirk, who's still, still running strong. Um, Vince Carter's 41 is still balling. Like, you know, he, he definitely ain't the, the 25 year old Vince, but he's still, still doing something. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's possible Wade, if he's willing to, to come off the bench and in Miami to, to be that dude. But I, I just don't see a, a person of his caliber, especially it being, you know, Wade County. And coming off the bench on his squad, I just don't see it. So I, I totally agree with you. He'll probably give them one full season after that and then, you know what, hang it up and say he had a heck of a career, you know. Not too many people would say they got three championships, so. Yeah, I mean, he, um, I mean, they got like, they have some nice young players down in Miami, um, and that they can build on. So he doesn't have to 
carry the load. So he, he can be like how like Vince Carter is, you know, play a certain amount of minutes, not do too much, you know, have those breakout games every now and then, and then ride off into the sunset. And don't think – I mean, don't sleep on Miami because they may not have, like, a key star, but for them to be where they are right now in the NBA standings is highly remarkable. And they do – I take that back. They do got an all-star now in Goran Dragic, but, you know, they are really playing well. And I give Eric Sposa a ton of credit because he is coaching team like players that majority of people can't really name, and he's got them like in position to be a fourth or fifth seed in the NBA Eastern mm-hmm. Conference. So I mean, it does help when you got a, a, a white side uh, playing center for him. Yeah, know? but he hasn't been playing a lot of games. Like it hasn't been like he's been at every game. For them to do what they're doing with the players that they have, it's it's very remarkable. Like all jokes aside, like he should be like Eric Spoelstra should be in the conversation for um, Coach of the Year, without question. (laughs) I hey, I mean, I I, hey, (laughs) I guess people will say something about uh, Philly's coach too, probably considering you know they're they're starting point guard, not being able to play, and they're still. You know, kind of playing well. <laughs> I don't, I don't know what they did to that kid, folks, man. But it's, it's bad when they say that. At right now, he's limited to really shooting in the paint. Yeah, I think he spoke some wacky tobacco and just threw him off. <laughs> yeah, he probably smoked some some herb or some dust, and it just took totally took him off. But some some of the doctors they said is um they seen that type of injury before. Which I, I I haven't really heard anything about it, but from what some of the doctors are um, talked about his injury, they've seen it before. Where you can actually completely forget muscle, you know, that muscle memory is gone, and you have to redo all that over again. So I, I'm 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 very curious. To, I mean, I don't know if there's a name for it, or I don't know exactly what it is, but I would like to know more about it. A.K.A. forgot how to shoot. <laughs> A.K.A. the Philly curse. That's what that is, man. man that, that is true, too, with that. Um, but I do I have one quick question um, because I wanted to get your takes. Well, Ace, I really want to get your take um, because you're probably more of a Knicks fan than, I'm, than any of us is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. So um, the Knicks traded um, Doug McDermott to bring in Emmanuel Moutier. Um Another point guard from um, Denver. Um, so now that you have Moutier, Jack Jack, Trey Burke, I still, I still believe is still on your team, and the kid Nilakina. Um, what's up with the? I guess I guess the question I have is, is that what do you think of them bringing in Moutier? Um, and is that hurting the development of Nilakina? But I mean, because Nilakina is not getting no minutes since you know, like not enough minutes. He was originally starting from last time I remember, and now he's not. He's rarely getting enough minutes. So I just want to get your take on that. Well, let me let me do this before I speak. Uh, let's do the NBA conference standings. <laughs> I, I figured you was gonna bring that up. 
The Knicks are 12th in the Eastern Conference. There's seven games outside of the Heat. With 28 games left, I guess what they're thinking about is saying the East is lackluster. We have an opportunity, if we can steal some games, to possibly slide into the AC of the, the Eastern Conference. I can't knock the GM for New York trying to get a win-now attitude. Um, I don't see it being very realistic right now, especially Porzingis going down. Um, but it was a very gutsy, gutsy move. Uh, Nilakina, though, even if Phil Jackson was there, I don't think that he believed that he would have been that guy right out the gate. I think that he probably would have kind of gradually got him in, being that this was Porzingis' only second season. And say, so by the time Porzingis will probably be in the beginning of his third, Nicolino will probably be in his second. I probably thought that Phil was probably envisioning maybe three years down the line versus Nicolino probably coming in and being that dude. Um, and it might still be the same situation now. So, uh, I don't think it's a bad thing, but I do think that they have uh, a ton of guards, which they'll probably have to address at some point where, you know, the end of the season or probably just have to wave somebody or probably dangle some, dangle, uh, one of their guards to somebody who may need some, some guard help coming down the stretch to possibly push them into a playoff situation, but unless some by some miracle, you know, I think that they still have plans for Nicolina, just more so probably his year two or year three, not so much for this year. So do you think, real quick, do you think the Knicks are pushing to make the playoffs this season, even though they don't have Porzingis? <laughs> uh, man, look, he's – Look, man, East is trash. Know, let's, just, let's just call this for speed. Considering, considering the Zingas is down and the Knicks are still only seven games out. If the Knicks got hot, and I, I'm not saying that they will. It's very unlikely that they won. But, I mean, the East is so up and down. I mean, you have those that are commanding in the East, the top three. And then you really don't know what you're going to get. Like, you don't know the seeds four through eight and how it's going to end up because it's just so inconsistent. So it's possible. What happens if what happens if a major injury happens to Miami or or something happens to whoever's in the seventh seed, which so happens to be Philly? Oh, my God. Really? <laughs> yeah, like, you know. The Knicks ain't making a playoffs. And really, the East, like you said, is trash. I mean – I mean, let's be real. I mean, the East consists of, at at best, four teams. And I'm keeping a Washington Wizards only because I'm not sure how John Wall is going to be when he comes back. But really, Boston, Toronto, Cleveland, Wizards. That's it. That's that's where the East is going to is going to get fought at. Man, look, and you guys, it's it's getting kind of bad down here in Washington. You know, the the, the I was about to say that. <laughs> the Wizards won like five or six games in a row without Wall, and they're, they're talking about, you know, it's a great team play, great, great team win. 
great passing of the ball, great this and that. And John, John Wall is tweeting all this stuff. It's like, mm, I'm, I'm seeing all this, you know. Uh, who's to say John Wall will be, even be there in a year or two? But that's what kills me. Like, and this is so amazing. Like, Martian Gortat was talking about the team play. Like, I don't know why John Wall would take it personally as though they, you know, He's the end-all, be-all. Is this something that I'm missing, or is this something more to this? Because it just doesn't – I just don't understand the fact that why would John Wall would even respond, or if the respond the way that he did. Like, he could ease – like, when does John, did John Wall even say, good, hey, good team win, guys, blah, 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 blah. You know, it's just like he just went in direct response to what Martian Gartat said. And for what? Like – the team is playing better. Why you you know the team is playing good? They winning game. Why not just be happy with that? Why always gotta you know criticize about your own teammates? You know it's it's so weird. Well, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Is there anything more to it? Well, unfortunately, being out of the, the uh, out of the Washington D.C. metropolitan area. And more so in the Baltimore area now. Um, I don't hear as much DC sports as I was in the past, though they kind of touch upon Wizards basketball because it's more so for the area. But their sports radio here is more concentrating on the Ravens and and Orioles. So, <laughs> from what I gather. Um, uh, Wall is a little, little salty, but you know, it's like sometimes they, the, the, the fan base in the area is in love with Auto Porter, and then the next minute they like they want to get rid of Auto Porter. <laughs> um, they love Wall. They can't understand why Wall and Bill don't play great together. Um, don't know if Gortat is becoming a cancer. I, I don't know. The team got issues. There's no reason why they should be a fourth place team, considering they have such great young talent. Um, so it'll be interesting. It'll be very interesting to see uh, see how they pan out. But I I don't even consider them to be you know a top. I don't consider them right now to be considered like a top team in the East. You have the three, you know, and then. I think it's a free for all for four through eight, personally. I mean, I was being I was being generous with the four, but I mean, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, but yeah, really, it's it's a toss up between three teams, and and I really, if you really want to really be kind of you know cynical about it, it's really just one team at this particular point. Toronto. No, I still think the Cleveland Cavaliers make it out the East as constructed with the team they have right now. I think they're going to get – they will beat Toronto with that team that they have, with LeBron James. They would probably still beat the Boston Celtics. However, that last game, I think, was just a blip. I don't think Boston was all the way in there with that game. I think they were just not in it because they got waxed quick. But – I think it's going to be Boston and um, I think it's going to be Boston and Cleveland. 
in the I, Eastern Conference Finals. I do want to be honest. I do want to see. I do. If it's the second round, I want to see Cleveland. I want to see Cleveland face both Toronto and Boston, no matter which round that it is, whether it's the Eastern Conference Finals or the second round. Um, I definitely want to see. I don't want to see Boston battling Toronto in the playoffs um, because I would rather see Cleveland go against both of them to show that I would really, I would really want to see if Cleveland has what it takes to, to earn that Eastern conference finals. It can't happen. Not, not with the one, eight, two, seven, three, six, four, five. Yes, it it can. Cleveland will have to stay. Cleveland have to stay a a three seed. And in Toronto, Uh, also have to be one or two. Yep. And then they'll have to play one of both of them. That's that's saying that it, it stays as is right now. If it stays as Cleveland is right now. three. Yep. Okay. Well, or in either way, one, two, and three has to be either Toronto, Boston has to be one, two, or three with what with um in that order. Not necessarily Toronto number one, but it just has to be. They have to be the top three. Yeah, yeah. No, well, actually, yeah. Um, because if they go number one, then they they won't play. They'll play the fourth seed. Um, I don't want that. I would rather, yeah, I would rather, yeah, they would have, to, I would definitely, they would have, to, yeah, like you said, the top three would be, I would have them in the top three. I definitely want to see Cleveland play both of those teams. Um, the only way, the only way they'll get over if Toronto or Boston goes on a, a slight slump and one of them falls into a fourth seed. Yeah. But as long as they stay one, two, or three, no matter who's one, two, and three, Cleveland has to play both of them on their way to the finals. That would be interesting. Hopefully, these playoffs in the Eastern Conference will be more interesting, though. That's for sure. Well, it was compelling last year, at least. You know, a little no, bit. was it? I mean, okay, well, with Cleveland's situation and playing Boston, if IT didn't go down to get hurt, they were pushing. Well, yeah, they, I, yeah, I do think that they would have got gave them a, a more uh, more competition there. But I know for a fact that when they swept um, Toronto, I was like, yo, that's it. I'm, 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 just, 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 I don't even, just wait till the finals get here because I was extremely disappointed in that playoff series. In fact, I ripped Toronto because of that. And to be honest, all jokes aside, like Toronto is playing great basketball. They better keep it going in the playoffs because I'm telling you right now, they have the bench. So if they don't show up in the playoffs, I don't want to hear nothing about Toronto going for it ever again. Period. Break up the whole team, get rid of both the Rosen, Lowry, Valachunas, get rid of everybody. Just start <laughs> over. I will say this though, if I don't think Cleveland's gonna if Cleveland was to lose or get really surprised, I think it would have to be a, a first round shocker. That could be two too. Someone to catch them catch them sleeping or looking looking ahead to the second or the third round. To be and to be honest. To be honest, if they was constructed right now, um, if the playoffs started right now, they would play the um, Pacers. They would give them a run. Mm-hmm. The Pacers would definitely give them a run. Victor Oladipo is no joke. He's playing like he's playing like the Victor Oladipo that Houston thought they were going to get coming out of Orlando. <laughs> But just didn't work out when he played. Okay, see, 
I'm sorry, yes, OKC. My bad, my bad. You know what he did? He took the Russell Westbrook book, playbook, read it, through, skimmed it through and through, and now he's utilizing that in in Indiana. I'm pretty sure he was watching. Russell Westbrook was like, all right, so that's what it takes. I'm going to study that. And now he's utilizing because, yo, he's night and day from when he was in OKC. Got him rocking the last 10 games, looking like 7-3 and three or 8-2, or and two, something like that. 7-3. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a very compelling, very compelling uh, season so far. To yeah. say the least. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so, oh, and one last thing before we uh, shut it down for the evening. What What did you feel? Or how do you feel about Steve Kerr allowing <laughs> Golden State Warriors players to kind of coach the team during timeouts versus a, a crappy team that they played against the other night? I had no problem with it. I found what? it. I found it funny. It's no different from LeBron. He just LeBron just never had a clipboard. <laughs> it's almost as funny as when we used to see Phil Jackson back in the day with Chicago, the Lakers, just on the sideline looking like he was half asleep, barely paying attention to the game, not even really coaching. Yeah, I have no problem with that. And to be honest, Phoenix, uh, I mean, because I know the Suns, the Suns players was, like, real ticked off about it. Get over it. If you if you're you know play better games at this point, like it's the whole thing with you know people saying it's a golden rule for a person not to make a layup, and you know if they're up by twenty five points or with the final ten seconds and you make a layup and you know they're up by twenty seven, you know stop the player. That's basically how I see it. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I have no problem with it. I think it might be a, a teachable lesson for them because I mean. The Golden State Warriors still felt like they slept walk through the first half of the season. So, and I think he fears that you know after going to the finals with three straight years, four straight years, that um the second the second half of the season, the second run is going to be very important because you got to get them engaged. And right now, they don't look like they're dialed in a hundred percent. Yeah, Steve Kerr said it himself. He was like, I haven't even. Spoken to like they haven't spoken, you know, they haven't listened to me in over about a month. You know what I'm saying? So that's why he was like, "Yo, y'all, you go ahead and coach." You know, it's not like y'all listening to what I'm saying anyway. So I think I think Phoenix took that, you know, to heart. I just, you know, I don't think it was that serious, or at least they didn't feel as though it was that serious. But they and they they still got blown out. So that's not (laughs) that's not (laughs) you got to play ball. Yeah, if you see that's going on, do something about it. Like, you right. can't get upset about it. Do something about it. I agree. I agree. You know, and if anything else, as far as how uh, – who they play? I'm sorry. Um, Phoenix Suns? Phoenix. Maybe that light may light a, a fire on their butt to say, hey, they felt as though they felt disrespected by the situation. Like, well, go out there and give a better effort. You know, so maybe that'll light a fire for them too. So, just wanted to get your comment on that as we're about to wrap up this our hundredth episode of Guys Talking Sports, brothers. I, I I implore you, give yourselves a round of applause because you know uh, it's a milestone. 
and you know we strive to hit 200 episodes <laughs> very very soon before the end of the well it can't be before the end of the year um but hopefully come year two or three possibly <laughs> <laughs> now that i do some mathematics in my head well, uh, it's only two weeks in a, in a year, so I mean, <laughs> yeah, maybe another year. You yeah. know, so it's, it's always fun when we can just get together and just speak our minds on things that we truly enjoy. You know, in the world of sports, so it's, you know, it's a it's an incredible thing that we have going on now, and and I know we are definitely reaching bigger and better heights as uh, as we move forward. So. Definitely looking forward to episode 101 uh, hmm. next week. So, fellas, uh, let everybody know where we can, where they can find you and congratulate you on uh, on such a historic event. Oh, you can reach me Twitter and the gram at J-E-R-O-S-S-7 at. And, of course, you can find me on Twitter and on Instagram. I am Al Qualls. Again, Twitter and Instagram, I am Al Qualls. And you can find me on Twitter, uh, CatDaddy1963, CatDaddy1963 on Twitter. Well, with that being said, fellas, once again, congrats. Uh, it's been fun. I know we're going to look forward to another 100. Uh, with that being said, uh wish everybody out there a great evening. And looking forward to uh, having another great episode come next week. All right. God bless everybody. I see us on Sirius XM sometime soon. Amen. <laughs> <laughs>